Hi, and welcome to the CAFMA Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag, and with me today is not Assistant Chief John Fatima, because once again, he was able to bail and put somebody else in here. So with me today is Captain Eric Merrill, who's currently serving as the training captain in Mm -hmm. training. Um, I didn't tell him what we were going to talk about, but we're going to talk about him. So we introduce you to everyone, our fan base out there or whatever that is. And you're like the biggest Ohio State fan, right? So we've already started this with an insult. Right. And and, and so I see how this next hour is going to go. So I had to specifically uh, product placement, put my Nebraska cup here. Just So when you screw it up and say Ohio State Ohio or State. Um, like the LA Dodgers or something, you know, like disrespect one of my teams, I can always just tap on the cup. So the viewers... I'll know who we're actually referring to. I was going to put an Ohio State sign up and place the American flag today, but I ran out of time. Yeah, I was actually going to replace this with an Ohio or a Nebraska flag or something, but uh, my wife would be upset if I took something out of my man cave. Right. So, so for the viewership and for everyone else, um, where did you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Nebraska, twenty-one years, a uh, little okay. town called Ogallala. What Ogallala? Got it. So, you, and, and we can spell it O G A L L A L A. Awesome. Now I know for the future, when I have to address something, that's where it goes. So 21 years there, uh, went to high school, graduated. What'd you do? Yeah. uh, Ogallala High School graduated 2001. Um, Not that anybody from Ogallala High School is going to watch this, but if one or two people do, because I think three graduated. Um, Hi. But uh, yeah, I graduated high school in Ogallala, went four hours east to Lincoln, went to college. Um, There's a, a uh, junior college there I went to and okay. got my associate's degree in fire protection technology. Okay. So what was the background with football? Did you play football in high school? Yeah, played football, loved football. Um, didn't, uh, <clears throat> you know, I didn't get an exact offer from, you know, any big schools like the University of Nebraska, you know, right. like every every boy's dream in Nebraska. But uh, yeah, I had aspirations to maybe play college. Um, I had a couple um, smaller schools that I looked at, but when it all came down to it, I think uh, the way that uh, my high school career ended was was a, a good way to bookend that part of my life and move to the next challenge, which was uh, immediately the fire service. Really? What led you to an interest in the fire service? So I, to be honest with you, uh, in 1991, a movie called Backdraft came out. And I think right. I was, I would have been like six or seven or okay. know, eight. And uh, I actually hid behind the couch when my dad was watching it because it was rated R. And uh, we were a family, you know, go to church three days or yeah, three days a week. So like R-rated okay. movies weren't accepted until like, you know, high school. So I hid behind the couch, watched Backdraft and was like, okay, this is like a real thing. And then I just never really grew out of that passion for it. It was, you know, to be honest with you, law enforcement or fire service was one or the other. But as I got older, um, maybe got in a little more trouble. I realized maybe law enforcement isn't for me. Right. Fire service, they completely accept um, delinquents. And, uh, and mischief, so I thought this is more of a natural. Well, I mean, especially B-Shift, uh, we accept that type of thing because Which we understand them. Um, but the reality is, in order to become a firefighter, you had to score 10 points higher yep. uh, on the test to get in than you do to be a police officer. So you were a delinquent, but smart. I, I was educated. I educated. Say smart, yeah. Okay, you were educated. Got it. So what brought you from Nebraska to Arizona? So um, I picked up a, um, a a hobby in college called boxing. Okay, um, it's always been in my in my blood just to compete. So football, natural. Um, you know, I wanted to get into the fire service. I think there's a high level of competition with that. Um, got a little bored sometimes, and and uh, I got into boxing. Boxing 
worked out for me for a while until um, physically it didn't when my shoulder went out. Okay. So uh, I was actually set up with an internship in Breckenridge Fire Okay. Uh, right after I graduated. And so because of the shoulder injury, I couldn't do that. I was already in my mind, like, I'm going to move, I'm going to try something new, different, go somewhere, um, kind of set a new name for myself. And uh, I ended up, I kid you not, um, I took a, the first page of the Ram McNally, closed my eyes, and my finger went to the first spot uh, within three cities I had selected. And the closest to was Phoenix. Okay. Um, the other two options were Tulsa and Fort Collins. And I ended up uh, packing up my Ford Ranger and moved to Phoenix. And just so happens, my folks had a house in Scottsdale. I just moved in there. Okay. Um, and then I used to spend my weekends driving around the state, bringing ice cream to fire stations, knocking on the door, asking if they'd answer some questions. You know, like when you're testing, what's your testing okay. process like, et cetera. And um, I stumbled on um, Prescott by happenstance, fell in love with the town of Prescott, and then kind of focused on the area there through uh, Connection. Uh, knew somebody at Chino Fire, knocked okay. on the trailer door at that time, 62 was a single right. ride. Um, they let me in, talked to me, I gave them ice cream and put in an interest card. And uh, by way of Snowmass Village, Colorado, I ended up moving to Prescott. Okay. Uh, did a did a little pit stop in Colorado on my way north to Prescott from Phoenix. So That's a little out of the way, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Phoenix, just a few Colorado, hours. Prescott. Yeah. So I Got ended it. up... Uh, okay. I worked as a resident firefighter at Snowmass Village um, Wildcat Fire Protection District. It's okay. A long name. Um, but uh, yeah, I was very fortunate to work there for, uh, I think, six months until Chino had a reserve position open. I tested, got it, and that was my way to move to my, my Mayberry, if you will. So when I came here in 2013, how long had you been on with Chino? Yeah, I got hired in January of 2008. So Okay, so five years when I got here. Yeah, not very long. So... Yeah, you're what, 12 years in now? Yeah, thir- I just had my 13-year anniversary in PSPRS because before I got hired full-time here, I worked full-time in Pine, Pine Strawberry Fire District on okay. the other side of the mountain. Gotcha. So I reserved here, worked there full-time, so I was able to get into PSPRS a little early. Very nice. So since you've been in the fire service, I know in the time that I've known you, you've been very busy. You're a person that's driven, always looking to to learn something new. So what are the some of the things that you did in your career to get you to the point where you promoted the engineer for a short time, then you promoted to captain? Uh, but what's some of your background in the fire service, some of the things that you've sought out over the years? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think number one is uh, I just found a passion early on. Uh, the, the very first day, uh, I'll backtrack to to college where I got a, a set of bunker gear checked out. Like it was just an instant passion. Like okay, mm-hmm. I'm all in. So with that, um, I found the right mentors, um, found the right um, you know um, channels to plug into. So for okay. instance, Yavapai College, I, I helped as a, a tech and a cadre up to almost a lead at one point with that. And training always kind of um, you know grabbed my attention. I always okay. like to I always like to learn. So being able to kind of help. Uh, mentor people as I'm learning at the same time. Um, I got plugged in early with medic school um, and just having resources around me, asking a lot of questions. The NFA is a phenomenal opportunity. It's and basically free. For for people who uh, don't are not familiar with the NFA, that's the National Fire Academy mm-hmm. in Emmitsburg, Maryland. I've spent a lot of my career yeah. going back for two-week classes there. Fantastic network, fantastic educational opportunity. Mm-hmm. For anyone out there that watches this, make sure you let your federal representatives know that they need to continue to fund the National Fire Academy. Absolutely. And it is an incredible experience that cannot be duplicated. Um, we've, we've actually brought some NFA classes in to the training right. center recently. And 
every time uh, I always pull up a picture, like a like a drone picture of the campus, and it's unreal. And the experience you gain there is is just as equal as the education you gain. Right. So I can't speak enough, um, you know, in, in high regards of the NFA and what it's done for my career. So the nice thing is, is, is there's ample opportunities for education, sure. training. Um, you just have to be willing to walk through the door and get it. Yeah. Well, and for CAFMA employees, uh, we encourage you to go to the NFA once they open back up. Uh, I know they were trying to open up and then they were putting a lot of restrictions on people going there. And it just, I don't know, in my opinion, when I looked at it, it wasn't a learning environment anymore. You didn't have the opportunity to network. Yeah. You had to be sequestered in your room. You had to wear a mask the entire time that you're there. So from the time you leave Arizona until the time you get back to Arizona and just not an environment I would want to be in, but obviously that's to each individual uh, what their choice is. But, you know, when they're open back up, when they're ready to go, we, we support that and we bring NFA classes here, like you mentioned. So let's talk about higher education for a moment. Bet. Where'd you go? So uh, my associates, like I said, was in Nebraska, Southeast Community College. I did my bachelor's degree online through Columbia Southern University, and then I am enrolled. I'm sorry, I'm uh, I'm accepted. I haven't enrolled okay. in classes yet, um, but I start in the fall uh, with uh, Waldorf University. Okay, for my master's, and then currently I'm two more courses away from completing my certified public manager program through ASU. That's a great program. I think I finished it just before you Mm -hmm. uh, filled out the application. As a matter of fact, we talked about it and I said, hey, you should look at this. Mm -hmm. Um, So one, what's your undergraduate degree in? That is in fire administration. Okay. And then my master's will be, it's kind of a long one, but it's uh, in emergency services management with an emphasis in public administration. Okay. So I basically have three separate degrees, but but ultimately the master's I'm looking forward to as it's... uh, Waldorf University is a, uh, a regionally accredited university, okay. which I know advice you'd given me years ago, um, you know, focus on kind of that, uh, you know, where you want to go with this degree, what you could do with it, it's accreditation and the information you're gaining. Be well-rounded with your education. Sure. And, uh, and I think that's one of the, the best mentorship advices I've, I've received, and, and I thank you for that. But uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten some great education so far. So what do you think of the, the CPM program? Are, are you getting something out of it? Uh, not only am I getting things out of it, I'm actually able to apply it to some of these leadership classes we're bringing in. I think there's, uh, especially the last one, for an example, a lot more um, conceptualized. And we're able to plug in some things in terms of, um, you know, a systematic approach to decision making, um, analytically, politically, things like that. Right. And, and, and I really appreciate a lot of the information. So I I brought some of that stuff in, and it's um, it was a great way to kind of, um, you know, dovetail some information together from the NFA curriculum and then just also um, our culture, just kind of how we can we can we sure. can keep evolving it with this. Yeah, and we are promoting the uh, that CPM curriculum and, and people going to that because I mean it, it's an expensive program, so we can't put a lot of people through it every year. Uh, but I believe, having gone through it, that there's a lot that can be gained, especially for people who want to progress in their career and move up into higher level positions. For example, the one that I'm in, uh, and having exposure to some of the decision-making processes and things that pop up that you have to deal with, um, I think is invaluable. Um, And for the closeout, the last thing that we did in CPM was like a couple of weeks where we uh, did scenario, Mm -hmm. right? And they put me in the position of city manager, which from one perspective, as a fire district chief, a similar type position, but from the other perspective, 
I don't have to deal with Parks and Rec, Public Works, you know, those other divisions that you're looking at that are in a city. So a uh, very interesting eye-opening uh, opportunity for me. On the, the other hand, for the other participants who are trying to give me a hard time yeah. as, as that, uh, they're like, well, you're not easily rattled. I'm like, come on, man, I've received worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to try harder yeah. to get to me. So, no, And that's true. And I, and I like that you bring up the point of, of other, you know, Granted, you know, with us being a fire district, we don't have those those same, um, you know, shared monies maybe. Right. But for an example, they're still partners. They're still intergovernmental agency sure. um, stakeholders in what we do in the big picture. And it's been awesome to kind of um, get oriented to all the different stakeholders that we have that I had never really thought right. about yet. So, you know, it, an interesting thing for an agency the size of CAFMA, we are we deal with a lot more than say a smaller agency. The one I came from in St. Louis was smaller. Basically we had a couple of chiefs, fire prevention and engine companies. And here we have uh, tech services. We have a fleet division. We have facilities. We have warehouse along with human resources and finance and admin. And so there's a lot more to it. Um, and it, it's a lot more similar to working in a city than, um, say, some smaller fire districts in, in the position. But it was an eye-opening learning opportunity for me uh, and to interact with those folks. Yeah. So what's – you're going on to your master's degree. What's your ultimate goal? Oh, gosh. If I, if I you know, um, could draw out my roadmap um, – you know, I, I guess ultimately I like to have options open. I know for sure I'm testing for battalion chief at the next opportunity, okay. um, diligently preparing for, for that position. Um, training captain has been a great opportunity to um, see things from other perspectives. Right. Uh, I think that would make me a more well-rounded candidate moving forward. Um, but, you know, big picture, um, operations chief. Um, okay. And, 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 you know, by all means, head chief at some point. I think that depends on if uh, Chief Fetima was to, you know, follow your footsteps then I think I would be more uh, willing to follow his footsteps. Right. Uh, so this is my plug to get Chief Fedman. To... <laughs> for me, it depends on when I get fired. We won't, we won't is, allow that to happen. We'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, I just live every day with, well, I, so far I have a job. Nobody's told me I don't. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of being in the chief's position. What drew you to the uh, training captain opportunity? Uh, and yeah, great question. So ultimately starting out early when I moved here, um, helping out with the one and two academy through Yavit by college, um, just getting the bug for training and understanding that I kind of learn more, uh, you know, than anybody else in the training atmosphere, whether, whether I'm a student or, or a participant. And, uh, I've been a training officer since 2013, actually right when we met. Right. And, uh, and I, I was very fortunate. I was a firefighter who was able to be a training officer right. and uh, put me in some great opportunities to grow and learn. And uh, just through that, I just I got the passion for it. I, I really appreciated, um, one, how it would help me professionally. Sure. But also, uh, I, I love seeing things come together, putting a class together, a project, bringing some new um, concept to um, the fire service you know, through SOGs, however, bringing them to training to get everybody else to practice it, to then apply it, right. seeing it come out, and then watching it happen on actual fire scenes or emergency incidents where we're actually making a difference. Um, it's just contagious. Right. Well, and it seems like the uh, training captain position has afforded you other opportunities to fill in in uh, different roles. I think, have you done the acting BC role yet? Yeah, actually, uh, we just talked about that this morning. Uh, I think next week, um, one of the days... Uh, um, we have uh, a crew coming out for quarterly training. Okay. And their battalion chief wants to come out and drill with them all day. And uh, we absolutely uh, love to hear that. And Great. especially with live fire coming up, we'll have a battalion chief there every night. 
So examples like that, I'll go, it's easy for me to just jump out there in my truck. Um, I'm all set up if I needed to with a Rick bag, et cetera, if an incident happens. And then I can get some hours and, and reps in right. as a battalion chief. And, uh, and I, I look forward for any of those opportunities. You know, one of the things that I found when I moved to a quote unquote 40 hour position, because we know they're not, was that as opposed to shift work, I actually responded to more incidents than I did on shift work because the incidents on shift work are if you happen to be on the day that that occurs, yeah. if you're working during the week or when I was in St. Louis, I was the, the duty chief every third week. And there was an expectation that we responded. So I responded to a lot of calls yeah. back then. And I see you doing the same thing today. Yeah, I take that as a point of pride. I mean, the organization, you know, trust me in this position. Um, you know, I have a vehicle that I, I can take home that's outfitted with anything you would need, especially for, you know, a, a working fire, for right. example, with, uh, with you know, I have a ballistics bag, I have a, a Rick bag, etc. So yeah, I think that's kind of part of my job, even though um, it's not mandated. I just, it's, it's my way to kind of say thank you for allowing right. me to be in this position. And I have a family that's absolutely on board with, uh, with my passion for what we're doing okay. and, and being able to give back. So, you know, if it's dinner time or something like that... Um, they get it, and, and, and thank God I have a very um, uh, loving wife that, that is like, no, 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 go do what you need to do. I'll take care of the kids. Do your job. But then my son gets to watch me drive away lights and sirens, and that's everything. And yeah, yeah, they, they love that. I was, you know, I, I always hoped that my kids might want to follow my footsteps. They grew up in the fire department and the fire stations, and um, neither one of them yeah. are doing anything with it. But who knows, maybe in the future. Now, this is highly unusual, and Jonah, you know this is unusual, but we have an email question in to our CAFMA Connect fan page email, uh, which is new, and this comes in, and it, it says that, uh, you know, longtime listener, which we thank you for, first-time caller, and this is a question for you. Um, it's not signed, but it does appear to come from Chief Para's email. Hmm. I don't know. He wanted to know when... You first started talking, and if there's a projected date where it might end, no, that to be determined. To be determined. Got well, it. you know what? I'll follow up with him personally about yeah. this later. Yeah, you might check because I was I was surprised. I mean, occasionally we get the fan mail in, the paparazzi, yeah. the things like that. Absolutely. This was specific to you. Yeah. So I just wanted to pose the question. No, and I appreciate that. And and again, we may have to pay some overtime because it's going to be a long conversation <laughs> we have later. Right. You know, I, th- I thought it was fair. Um, so. Moving on, we've talked about you some. Uh, I want to hit just briefly on some of the review for this week. Um, as we talked about the last several weeks, I've been in a lot of testimony down at the Capitol. Um, I went through the ELP program, which was four six-hour days on uh, Zoom, which was long, yeah. absolutely long. So my level of restraint or my my ability to restrain some of the things that come out of my mouth uh, was exercised it, a lot. And then my level of patience had kind of grown down to about like there. Uh, it was very small. So um, I was reading something this morning. I looked at the headline. It says, experts say. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. Because if they start something, if they have to start the title with experts say, then you know you're probably in for a load of whatever that you're getting ready to read there. Mm-hmm. I did decide, though, Uh, because that seems to go over so well the last 15 months that I'm going to take fire chief off my business card and replace it with just expert. And that way you can plug it in wherever. It encompasses everything. I know. 
so once uh, when I was with St. Charles City Fire Department, St. Charles, Missouri, I did a lot of PIO stuff, PR stuff, and um, I was doing some home fire safety for Christmas decorations. We we always did stuff like that. And they identified me as the expert in Christmas light safety. And my wife was pretty impressed. Yeah. She's like, I had no idea. You're an expert in anything, let alone Christmas light safety. But apparently, and, and try this at home. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, I will. If you say it with enough confidence, people will believe it. Yep. Even if you're wrong. I don't know. That seems to work. But this this idea that all we have to say is experts say it, and you then have to believe it. Mm-hmm. There's no room for questions. Now, I'm not sure. And maybe you can help me with this. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you can help me with this. There are many experts in a similar field, right? Mm-hmm. And so this group of experts in this field say the answer is A. And this group of answer, uh, experts in the field say the answer is B. Which experts are right? I think it, dep- <laughs> it depends on a lot of different ethical dilemmas. And, okay. Uh, and I think you could look at it like, oh, they both could be right. But ultimately, uh, me as the consumer or me as somebody who's looking into what they're selling, I, I got to have credentials. I got to have validation. It's got to be sourced right. and cited. And that's where uh, if it's coming on social media, it's probably false. So, so let me ask you this. If you see something like that or hear something like that or you have these two opposing sides – do you have to exercise or utilize something called, oh man, it escapes me because it's not used very often anymore. I think they call it critical thinking. Critical thinking is, is brilliant and it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not used as much as it should be, especially right. in the last year. Yeah. Let's ask some questions here. What does this look like? And I won't get into what the article ta- was about because we're just not going to go there. I do that enough in the review this week and I call it the sarcastic edition because it's just where I am. Yeah. You know, I got up this morning. Five o'clock, I'm ready for my first cup of coffee. Keurig's broke. Uh-oh. Have to disassemble it, put it back together. 20 minutes later, I got that. Then I went to sit down, was watching my YouTube video on a uh, 6.4 liter Hemi going into a 2012 JK, uh, and the internet broke. <laughs> so then I had to get up and go work on the uh, Wi-Fi thingy yeah. and poke and prod it until it started working again. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of my day. But you so found far. a way, you, you we were given challenges, you found a way to overcome. and I just laughed at it. Yeah. And then I sat in a committee hearing for two and a half hours waiting for the ability to testify that never came. So thank so God I you had, had your Keurig fixed, so you had your yeah. coffee for that wait. That's exactly what I needed was some caffeine. And to listen to what was happening down there, I needed something to keep me moving. Yeah. So um, I had fun writing it this week. Good. But, uh, you know, I'm not whining, I'm not complaining, it's just... Here's what this looks like, you know, and there's some critical thinking tips in there. And we talk about House Bill 2802, which we ran. Uh, That died in committee the other night, Uh, sat there for three and a half hours to get to that bill, um, testified. And then the committee chair had decided without telling us that she wasn't going to allow discussion or uh, a vote on the bill. So a couple of opposition people had gotten to the committee and uh, they – didn't allow that to happen. So that was kind of a waste of three and a half hours, uh, except that we now know what the opposition's opposition is, and we know how to answer it because, quite honestly, the arguments were extremely weak, very easy to poke holes in. So what we're going to do going forward, well, we're going to leave that to the imagination, but it's not a done deal yet. Good. 
So uh, with that, I think we better close this out because I know you have some place to be. You have some I always dresses have that you need to deal with yeah. and you're looking for Chief Para. Um, Eventually I'll find him. Yeah. Good question, yeah. Chief. Appreciate that from the <laughs> Kafma Connect fan page, yeah. um, which doesn't exist, but someday, <laughs> someday it might. Yeah. So with that, until next week, I'm your expert and I believe you're an expert too, right? Uh, yeah, on, on all things Nebraska football. Right. So the experts say, have a good week.